Welcome back, you fabulous moms and moms-to-be. You're listening to New Mommy at 40 podcast, and I'm your host, Victoria Latour Dunker. In today's episode, I'm going to be catching up with all of my loyal listeners after taking a much-deserved mommy break, talking about tantrums, fibroids, and sex. Oh my, it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, laughs, and maybe even a little TMI but mostly relatable. So stick around because you don't want to miss it. And before we dive into this today, let's do a couple of things, all right? Let's follow, subscribe wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. All right, let's hear that theme song. Hit it. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me because I'm a new Oh, I have missed you all so much. It feels so weird to hit a Monday and not have a new episode. But I have to tell you, your girl needed some respite, (laughs) some relax, relate, release time. And it has been blissful. But obviously, today's title is Tantrums fibroids and sex oh my so with that first one obviously it hasn't been all blissful but it's all part of the process isn't it um wow where do I begin so I had a technology failure of all time recently with my laptop that actually is what prevented me from doing episodes because it just didn't have any space. You know, these MacBook Airs, no offense, MacBook. I still want to be a sponsor um, at some point. So holler at me. Um, but <laughs> um, I I just had no more space and I couldn't download anything. It was just a mess. So it took that for me to go, maybe a break would be good for you to transition from the school year into summertime, first time doing camp and um, joyfully with an extra hour of time to do something um, out of the norm for myself or not really out of the norm for myself, but just do something. Because Cree, my daughter, our daughter went from three days, no, five days a week, three hours to summer camp was that it was, was five days a week with an extra hour. So, um, I didn't know what to do with myself. People went (laughs) that extra hour. I was like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I found something. Don't worry. Of course. Um, I've just been really working out, um, 45 now and, Uh, Shout out to Tony Strong and Earl Strong from Strong Family Wellness. You know, they reminded me that you want to build muscle and tone uh, when you hit 45 or in the 40s, because that's what is integral to having really good physical um, wellness. So I've been hitting the gym and I with that extra hour, I haven't had to like cut too much out of my planned workout for that day. And I can still like take a deep breath, eat something and, you know, have some time before picking her up as opposed to before where I felt like I was scarfing down and working out and also taking the time to take a break from recording for you all 
really, like I said, that was spearheaded or was initiated with this whole uh, issue with my laptop, I really could just focus on mommy stuff and working out. And I didn't really have to split myself so much. So that's been great. And it's a good transition because coming coming uh, in September, excuse me, I have to cough. Um, my daughter will be in school a little bit longer. So I'll actually have more time to really dedicate to recording and coming up with episodes and doing all this other stuff that I'd like to bring to you this year. So I guess we can say September will be like the official season three, but I'm really thinking that going forward with all this extra time that I have, I don't know if we'll even do seasons anymore. Maybe it'll be continuous, Um, which also brings me to a little bit of a, you know, it's kind of great and sad at the same time when you realize that your toddler is now a child. She's feels and looks and talks and, and I should say speaks like, you know, a full on kid now, which means she'll be in school soon, like full real school. And that comes with ups and downs of emotions because it's, it feels like it's flying by. And at the same time, I'm, I feel so ambitious and, and inspired by my motherhood journey, it's making me want to do more things uh, with this community that we've built. And also where as a stay at home mom, as we spoke about in the last um, published episode, episodes really, because it was a two part thing, really wanting to get back into some, some type of work where I'm generating an income and actually um, contributing to my household would actually just make me feel really good. Um, And it's not, no one's forcing me. My husband's not forcing me and I definitely enjoy it. I think that's why I'm not sure if I really want to work for someone again. I just want to create and have an empire. I don't know. Um, So all of that can become more uh, possible with more time. Uh, what has made this transition a little bit more pleasing <laughs> is that these tantrums have been so out of control that I've had moments where I'm like, oh, thank goodness for the extra hour that we are apart right now, girl, because that was such a thing to get her into the car, up the stairs into the class it it's just and then the pickup now because because of that extra hour with her friends who you know um before the other friends stay longer now that extra hour makes her feel like she's staying for the whole day so she wants to do you know nap time with them and eat lunch with them and it's really hard to get her away and honestly, there's a part of me that wishes I can just say, you know, yeah, go ahead, eat with your friends. But it's not really fair to the teachers who are thinking they have like one less kid and of all the like half timers uh, to, to take care of, like they want you to pick them up at said time. So, um, but it has in my head, 
There have been times where I'm like, I can't wait till September. Bring on the full day. Because it's a lot. You know, I just don't want to seem like that mom who's forcing their kid into a car and and it looks like I'm I'm putting someone in a car against their will. I mean, I totally am. But you know what I mean? Like, where someone, thank God, like she looks like me. Where I don't think anyone's going to call the cops and ask if I'm abducting a child because literally the other day, the tantrum that she threw to leave was unlike anything. Like she wouldn't get in the car at all. She wouldn't leave the school. Like she literally came out of the school and was so upset that I was picking her up early that she sat down in front of the school's like step like with her back towards me, arms crossed, and was like, no. <laughs> I was like, yes, Missy, it's time to go. Um, in my head, because it was kind of cute. Like I that's the thing, is like I admire this confidence and this 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 person that's developing their own thoughts and ideas and opinions. And she is much more together, I think than I was at that age. I don't remember, obviously, being three and a half, but I I just feel that with what I'm seeing in her, she just is, she's incredible. I wish I had an ounce of that confidence and defiance to know what I want and to, you know, you know, really stand on, on this, this <laughs> mountain with my flag planted the way she did when I picked her up. Um, but I, I, at the same time, it's like, we got to go. And it's just, it's a battle. It's such a battle. Because in one sense, you're admiring what you're seeing. And at the same time, it's, I hate, the, I think we overuse sometimes the word trigger. But it, it does trigger something within me because how I want to react right on the spot, I feel it's because it, it goes right back to what I think my parents would have done to me if I had done that, um, which isn't fair because I'm not them and she's not me and we're in a totally different time. But it does require some pause at that moment to say, how am I going to deal with this? Because fundamentally, I know she's not doing anything that she's not supposed to do in a sense, you know what I mean? She's literally, I see, I know all the reasons why. She wants to play with, she wants to play with her friends. She's going to miss them. They were about to eat, you know, their lunches. And I packed the lunch that I was told to pack because I thought they were going to be eating a little earlier, like a little, you know, like a little nosh, a little snack early. And it turns out that it's it's not enough time earlier on in the, in the day. So they're really looking forward to that lunchbox and eating together. And that's when I'm picking her up. So it's almost like a setup when she gets this lunchbox that she doesn't even get to open. As she's walking out, she's seeing the, you know, the other, the remaining kids opening up a lunchbox. So I get it, you know, but it it's just... To the point, I, I've started just picking her up just a little bit before lunch boxes are even cracked open because I just 
don't want to dis, you know, I don't want to do that to her and I don't want to do it to me because <laughs> it makes it so much harder. Then when we get to the car, it's really like, you know, wild, wild west standoff where she, I, I see the tumbleweed rolling and she's looking at me like, you better not put me in this seat. <laughs> and I just want to be like, you don't have a choice. I'm putting you into this chair one way or the, or the other, but I don't want to hurt. It's just, I don't want to hurt her. It's, it's just, it's such a battle. The other day I put her, she did, she did something like this and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to move the car and you better be in your seat so I can put you in your seatbelt. And she's like, no, I'm not getting in the seat. And for anybody, I was in the parking lot. I wasn't in a real street. There was, there were no cars coming, but I got in the car and I just did a little bloop, little reverse, little, uh, just, just so she can just feel a little, uh, what was that? And she looked at me and she's like, oh, okay. And she got in the seat and she put her, you know, she put the straps around, which never happens. Like she put, she prepped me, prepped for me. And I said, now, do you understand why? I want you to be in the car because I want you to be safe. And she's like, yes, mommy, I get it. I understand. She didn't say it like that, but she, she understood. And since then, there's been no fear. She just understands. It's like there's this thing about really explaining because this is the difference between my husband and I. I explain everything because it's not what I'm used to either. I wasn't raised that way. We just were told to, you know, kids don't speak right now. But because it's trigger, it triggers me so much, I've had to do that just to like deal with me and my my issues of how I want to respond and really doing my best not to respond in the way that I feel like the older generation would have. So I tend to explain and I say to myself, well, if I explain to her, she'll probably understand why. While my husband's like, there's a, there's just a point which I get where you're like too much explaining, just do it, just get it done. Um, but it, it, it's, I'm sensitive to when she reacts to the latter, um, way of getting things done when, when it's just like, shut the camp, you know, shut it down this is what's happening. Um, I'm a little sensitive to her crying when she does that, but I've definitely done my version of it too. I think what happens is I put my foot down similarly to my husband, but I still, as we're driving away and after I've gotten what I've wanted out of her, I explain, which sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Um, But I think we both make an effort to explain at some point when we can. Um, but I just, I'm, I tend to be an over explainer anyway. So, but, um, yeah. And then the, it's the public places. Like, I know you shouldn't care really about what people think, but it just feels, you know, you, I'm sure if you have, if you have children and you're listening to this, you just feel like you look like you don't have it under control. Like, and what does that mean? out of control. You don't have it under control because anyone who's walking by who's had a toddler or, or or have or have a toddler currently, they know this and this, they know the scenario they've been there. So 
what are we really afraid of when, when we are annoyed that it's happening in a public place? It's, it's embarrassment that no one is really assigning that to us. Like it's, it's us in our heads. So I, I really try now to like, it's not always easy, but if it's happening in a public place immediately, I, what I try to do is say, don't worry about anybody else. People have been here before. This is not something that it, it, this is very relatable. So take that out already and just deal with her. So whether that's picking her up and giving her a hug or explaining like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to let you do this right here. I'm not going to let you, this is not a good way to react. There are other ways that you can tell me that you're upset and that you don't want guacamole today, but this isn't one. So think of another way to tell me that you don't want this. And usually, I mean, when you, when you break it down like that, they're so intelligent. She, she literally goes, okay, well, I don't want that right now, mommy. Okay. That's much easier. Do you see that you could have said that earlier instead of throwing the guacamole at me? And she's like, yes, mommy. And she always apologizes. And that overall, I know it's just so different than how I was raised. It's mind blowing that I'm even like explaining it this way or that it it works for me, but it really does. But it's, it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And it's a daily struggle. And the more, you know, she, as as she develops and progresses developmentally, it's just happening much more frequently. But I would say great behavior and empathy and sweetness and all that other stuff definitely outweigh and happen much more frequently than the tantrums. But when she's get, when she has them, they are very, very, very big. And it there's um, definitely that, that regulation of emotions, self-regulation of emotions is, is still a process. And this is what I, I say to myself when I'm about to lose it in a situation. I'm like, this girl just started to learn how to put a full sentence together. Like she's been on this earth for a hot second. And so for you to expect for her emotions to be regulated right now and for her to self-regulate her emotions right now is so, so um, just unrealistic. So you're going to have to take the pause and breathe. And when I do breathe, I put my hands in like namaste hands, like, and she'll, or yoga hands, right? And she'll take the deep breath with me and she'll go, I mean, what can I ask for? What more can I ask for? That's brilliant. And I'm so glad that she's got a sense. The thing, I think what makes it hard is when you feel like they've shown you examples plenty of times where they fully understand the difference between what's what should happen and what shouldn't happen. And so when they do what shouldn't happen or they react a certain way, you want to hold them accountable because they've shown you in the past or in another situation that they can handle it, that they, they've handled it better. But then that grace that we need to give them for 
just really getting to the place to figure that out, it's required. So that's where the tantrums have been. And But I'm still looking forward to September. I think it's good for both of us to have that time away from each other and have more to talk about. And, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm so big on debriefing times. Like when you go out once a month, like once a week or every other week, depending on your budget, you know, and you take them out for lunch or something at a restaurant and just say, okay, so how was your day today? What did you learn? How was your week? And just watch them just interact and share. It has been such a a fun uh, activity to look forward to every week. I love doing it with her. And maybe September will be a time for, uh, I know it will, will be a, a, a moment of growth for both of us. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And um, that brings me before we forget, this is the last day of Fibroid Awareness Month. So July is Fibroid Awareness Month. And what I have always, I don't think I've forgotten. I think I've mentioned it in a couple of episodes, but I had um, fibroids and actually, actually had a myomectomy back in 2014 or 2015. And before that, I've had issues where fibroids were detected, or I should say, um, masses were detected in my ovaries. I mean, in my fallopian tubes. So, and one of them, um, I literally went for a routine check because I was, you know, these fibroids were there and they were getting just incrementally a little bit bigger. And, and my OB at the time really wanted to, or my GYN really wanted to monitor them because she was concerned with, it was like a, a, a increase in growth in, in, in the time that, um, it was just happening a little too fast for her. And I went for a routine, like six month check, um, at the, uh, for, um, a scan of my abdomen and they called me on my way home and said, you need to go to the emergency room right now. And we've called your doctor, your, your doctor is waiting for you there. And she's already uh, advised them. This is the closest one. And I thought, whoa, what's going on? And it was because they thought I was having an ectopic pregnancy. But come to find out, it was actually uh, a fibroid. And upon further review, so imagine, right, my heart's racing. I'm running to the, you know, my then boyfriend's taking me to the ER. And I'm letting my family know, like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, th- this is what they said. Um after further review, they found that it was actually degenerating. So if you don't know what that means, it's, it was breaking up on its own. So rather than going going in and damaging or causing scar tissue in my fallopian tube, because of what they saw, they were able to just, they were, they felt comfortable in letting it degenerate on its own and, and then just monitoring it. And so I was very, very lucky that that was how that situation resolved itself. But it was the first time that I really got scared and understood the severity of fibroids unchecked. And we kept up with my routine of checking them. And then that's what led us to um, down the road, seeing that these fibroids 
had increased. Now I did everything from diet changes, acupuncture, and again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm just letting you know what I did, but acupuncture, I did really heavily, like a couple of times a week for months. And it's usually out of pocket, but my insurance um, worked with the provider or the provider worked with the insurance, however they did it. I didn't have to pay too much out of pocket and definitely not all at the same time. They worked out a, a great uh, financial plan for me and I was able to go multiple times a week for uh, several months and it it I I feel that it prevented them from growing and they stayed at their the the same um, size as when I first started going to the acupuncturist and then I moved to California so this is all when I was living in New York at the time um, I moved to California no longer seeing that practitioner got kind of wrapped into a lot of things out there and uh, with work and I, I didn't pursue acupuncture anymore. And they grew to the point where now it was kind of grapefruit size, like two of them um, that were really protruding and I had always had this pooch like this, no matter how many times, how, how often I worked out, what I was eating, always had this kind of bloated look that I just couldn't get rid of. Uh, Sit-ups weren't doing it, nothing. And I just, I couldn't put it together as to why this was always like, and it would be for like a three-day period of just kind of bloating where I looked two, three months pregnant and so uncomfortable. And then it would just resolve itself a couple of days later. Um, And then I would have shooting pain. That's another um, symptom for me anyway, um, shooting pain, uh, it would feel like someone stabbed me there. And I remember I was, uh, f- flying at the time as a flight attendant and I was going through security at a airport. <laughs> this is after a breakup. So I see this security, this TSA guy, and he was really attractive, right? So I'm making eyes with him. I'm in my heels. I'm in my uniform. Just picture it, people. So I'm in my uniform. I'm walking through and I'm like giving him the eye and he's giving it to me. And then all of a sudden, this sharp ass pain, <laughs> like felt like that stabbing in my place. And I was just like, oh, and I doubled over it. Literally, if you were watching it, it from another view, it probably looked like I tripped or something or like my, my shoe gave, like my ankle gave away or something. Cause it was so sudden <laughs> the, the guy like went from, Hey, what's up to, Oh, oh shoot. Like <laughs> came over to me like, you okay. And I couldn't even tell him what had occurred. I mean, cause I felt it right? But, oh, I just felt like this pain in my vagina. I'm like, it's not sexy. It's done at that point, right? Um, But it was so painful. And uh, I found out with, uh, after going to my GYN, that it was where the placement of it just was really causing me pain. And there was another smaller one, couple of centimeters 
um was it seven yeah like not more than one or two that was degenerating and causing um pain as well and that also brings me to sex sex can be really uncomfortable when you have fibroids and i re you know i remember a couple of times where i thought it was oh it was the size of my partner or the instrument right and i was like i don't think it's supposed to be this painful it can't it's not supposed to be this painful and i didn't really put it together that it was the fibroids but around that time when they were really growing it it made sense it 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 it, it was like oh okay so this this these got to go <laughs> cuz it's one thing to have random you know pain from time to time but now i can't even enjoy this this is not good so i started looking into what could be done they weren't like a dangerous size yet but you know diet diet wise and i was talking to some holistic friends that were offering um different roots and teas and um just things to do and uh, finally when i found a new gyn out in la they told me that there was no other choice but to or not other choice but they highly recommended that i had a myomectomy and i did and that changed my life it was very scary um you know scar tissue not knowing when i was going to have a child wondering you know this is good to remove them because now this space you know I, you know is free i sorry i hit my mic now and maybe maybe this will help to have them obviously it will help to have them you know removed but there was no one really in sight in terms of having a baby with at the time and i wondered what will happen if these grow back and i'm not quite i'm not ready uh still you know what are my options and i really feel like that would have been a great time to go to the fertility clinic and and get some eggs frozen but i just i just i didn't and uh it was a scary time i also remember um when it came to the fibroids the ones in the fallopian tube my gyn saying this might grow back and so when you are ready you need to let me know so that we can go in and check and if you're ready to go we may have to go in there and shave that down to give you you know the optimum uh possibility optimal possibility of having a child so that you know this can travel through so an you know and egg can travel through um and just the thought of having to do that it just felt ironically back then it felt so scientific and technical that I would have to like, oh, hey, we're ready to go and check this out. Uh, little did I know years later, I would be, <laughs> I would have done IVF. So, uh, but, you know, when it comes to fibroids, it's really important, I think, to share our stories because even though I didn't really have fibroids at the time that I conceived Karee, they were pretty small at that point. I do feel that had I not acted it would have really affected my ability to get pregnant with her um when i when i was ready and there was someone um to start that that parenthood journey with 
Um, I had an amazing doctor out of NYU. I can give you all that information privately because I, when I do this here, sometimes I feel like people, um, if something should happen and it's not the right doctor for you, I don't want to be responsible. But I, I do, if someone wants to know who I saw, please reach out to me. Um, feel free to DM me or email me at info at newmommy at 40.com. And I'll, I'll give you the information. But I remember going to her and saying, okay, if we're going to do this, please, please do the best you can to allow for the possibility of me having a child in the future. And she's like, absolutely, absolutely. You're in great hands. And she did, she did a really, really amazing job. And I'm really, really thankful. Um, And then, you know, when it comes to my favorite topic, sex, (laughs) again, if you're having pain, please, please go check that out because it should be enjoyable, right? It should be enjoyable. And if it's not, that's, you should, it's not about him being too big. Don't, don't need to stroke someone's ego. Um, That's not the case. We can, we can birth a nine pound baby through that thing. It's not, it's not the size. It's, it's something else. So go check it out. But speaking of that topic, which is our third topic for our talk today, you know, the other thing about when we're getting older, I don't know if this is true, but I keep hearing that our libido is supposed to be down at this age in like the mid forties, but I feel it's the opposite. I don't know if it's the working out. It could probably be and be take being healthy, but I feel like it's increased. And the, the issue with having an increased libido and having a toddler is like your bed. It's not always yours <laughs> to just have that time together with your spouse or your partner. And you know, increasingly she is sleeping much longer in her bed. It's just the timing of these little creatures, right? Like you're going to come now, like right now, I was just starting to feel a little frisky and you're going to come in here right now though. And then it's just the breaking up of the, of the rhythm of getting to that place of like, yeah, we've got time to like, getting them back to bed and doing the cuddling, which we know we love. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad actually that she came in for a hug and then, you know, get all cozy. And then you're like, okay, I got to stay up to like bring her back to bed so that maybe something can happen here. But then you, then I'm tired because <laughs> it's not always where she goes right back to sleep after that. So now I'm awake. So I'm looking at my husband and he's like, I'm done. Like I just, that it could have been a moment, but now I'm tired and I'm going to wake up early and doesn't even hear half the stuff that I just went through to get her back to bed. And now I'm up. Now I'm looking at the four walls going like, okay, I didn't get any. And now I'm t- like, I'm tired, but I can't sleep. She's probably going to wake up again. And it's just, <laughs> and plus, even with all the working out, you know, we're a little, we're a little bit more tired at this stage of life. That sleep is really important anytime, but definitely, (laughs) definitely middle-aged with a toddler, get your sleep when you can. So it's just, 
it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And I don't know. I think this is a lie. How are you guys doing when it comes? If if you're in the 40s and up, do you feel like your libido is down? I keep I went. I tried to do a little research before we got onto this topic today to see what quote unquote supposed to happen, which, you know, I hate, but just for, you know, kicks and giggles. And it's like, oh, low libido. I'm like, who wrote this? This is not my reality. I feel like, I feel like I felt like when I was 20, just spry and ready to go, except I'm battling fatigue you know, um, some little angst and pains again, could be a combination of aging could be the, you know, the working out and then also the, you know, our, our kid. So it feels like it's not aligned. The stars are not aligned right now in that department when it comes to, you know, um, sex. But I was wondering how you guys are doing with that. I'd love for you to tell me, um, DM me or, you know, and I'll put a post about this topic, but I think the, the, the decrease in libido is not for, you know, it's not as low as people are thinking in this stage of life. I don't know. What do you think? Um, but in, in general, I feel this is a really cool age. I just turned 45 recently and I'm not going to, you know, beat you over the head with all these like epiphanies and things about middle being middle aged, um, because I think that's too much. But what I will say, what I do feel is very acutely aware that this is a chance for me to get a lot of things right and done, like no more excuses for myself it's time to like hit the pavement running and everything I'm doing is to make sure that I have longevity, longevity with my family and my, my kid, especially. Um, so I'm just, I'm not concerned about that. I'm, I'm really taking care of myself and, uh, it's, that's my goal and I know what I'm doing it for. Um, but in, in general, when it comes to me and just, it's not really maybe it's part of that reinventing and why, why people say, Oh, that midlife crisis. I don't think it's crisis. I think it's just, it just feels like I got some stuff I want to get done and I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And so while I'm taking care of my body and my mind and all that stuff to be around to do that, um, let's be specific, specific about what we want to get done, Vic. And, so I'm, you know, journaling and um, taking time to just figure out what these next chapters are going to look like. And I have to say, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. And it doesn't feel like morbid or like, oh, you know, what if I don't, I got to do this all now. No, it's like excitement. Like I'm, I feel like this rush of energy. So I I hope to inspire anyone who's kind of feeling, you know, not too sure what 45 will bring or if you're in a rut right now. I'm not saying I feel like this every day, but most days I pretty I feel pretty darn good. Pretty damn good about 45 and 
I feel like I am most the most clear minded and all around well than I've been in my in my entire life. And I, I'll leave you with this. I think one of the key things in getting to this space is acceptance of the things that you know, the things that have happened, like forgiveness, forgiveness and not really wanting to carry the weight of things gone wrong at all anymore. Just, or, you know, things didn't happen. Okay, it didn't happen. But you know what can happen? This. That weight has been totally lifted off my shoulders and I'm ready to fly. So I hope you're ready to fly with me. September will be uh, a new season And maybe from that point, we'll just do it every week and uh, I'll let you know. We'll see what happens. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being so loyal and supportive and funny and the emails and the Instagram interactions. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Have a great summer. Take some time like I did for yourself and figure out what makes you feel like the best possible version of yourself. And if you haven't followed us on Instagram and Facebook, the handle is at new mommy at 40 and you can visit us at the website, www.newmommyat40.com. Take care of yourselves and each other.